Friday. Off the rails. You guys ready? <laughs> hey, snap about, out of what it. What about you? It's Friday. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick with you for the next two hours. We get you teed up for a, a great weekend uh, where we get to kind of relax. Yeah. Late nights. Late night games. Yeah. Last couple nights have been late. Leafs on the West Coast, 10 yeah. o'clock. Not a huge fan. No. There was a point in my life where I was a night owl and I resisted the the bedtime thing. And Not anymore. No. Well, nope. Can't fight it. Those days are gone, man. I, and I'm happy they are. When I was younger, I loved these games. Yeah. I really did. And I still, like, if I didn't have to do a, you know. Post game. An hour. Not an hour, but half hour after the game, I'd probably even like it a little bit more. But it's just too late. <laughs> it just started at <laughs> you nine. Know, I do it in Vancouver at uh, four o'clock. Why can't yeah. we get puck yeah, drops at Yeah, just do it everywhere four. for yeah. the Leafs. Thank they you. matter the most, so just make it four o'clock everywhere. It's the Leafs hour. I agree. So when we started the show a couple of years ago, it was like, what time do we start? Like a one in the, in the afternoon, two? That's right, too. I, right? We were a one Remember o'clock that? show. Yeah. And then they, they, we, yeah. Were two, we were never one. And now we're, we were one to three, and then we were three to five. Now we're four to six. That's too late. <laughs> Hold on. We were one to three? We were one to three. We were one to we three. three to five. I don't remember one to three, boys. Wow, that's bad. No Gosh. recollection of that. <laughs> I don't think we no. We were always we were always three to five until this year. Boys. We got everybody watching and listening, going. I don't know what time it is right now. And nor someone texts uh, Fabro if you're listening. I actually sat <laughs> around the conversation. I think it was two to four. But anyway, okay. well, we're glad everybody's on board. Sportsnet five ninety, Sportsnet three sixty, Sportsnet plus from four to six. YouTube, you can download us if you don't catch us live. And remember, especially. On Off the Rails Friday to text us mm-hmm. at 590-590 because we want to hear from you as we run out of gas and at about 140, 142. One? One? It's already our, our clocks are all scrambled <laughs> <No>. here. <laughs> you're on Eastern. You're on uh, no, no, Pacific 142. Time. An hour and 42 oh, minutes of this show. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. We're good now. All we right. got energy now. <laughs> sure. But Not what? as much as the Toronto Maple Leafs had on back-to-back nights. What a hockey club. I. What, what a hockey team. I don't want to, you know, I'm not one of those guys yes, that says, let's go back to the tape. And uh, I said it, and Derek, find it for me. The Don Cherry? But I, I yeah, a little, <laughs> a little I, I'm going a little grapes right now on you guys. I You're told right, you they're not that far away from a, a big victory tonight. And, and people will be singing a different tune. And guess it. what? We got uh, Josh Cloak from The Athletic coming up in about, what, 25 minutes? And he's going to tell us how the mo- the the trade mode has changed now. Mm-hmm. All in, baby, just like right? we've been saying. All in. We should have a show where we just go over things we said that are right, since people remind us of the opposite. Yeah. Like, I said that Jake McKay might score 10 goals this year. I'm, you guys called me crazy. I'm scared they'll pull, up, they'll pull up the stuff that we got ah, wrong. I know, I know. That's the problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. <laughs> so, 7-3 win in Vegas. Yeah. And Sammy, everybody, the whole world, the whole our whole real Kipper and Born world, want to know like you've got a different feel today. I know you. What do you mean? They, they're sucking you back in. Do you believe? <laughs> last night was a stunning result. For I stunning. you I, left last night's show or left yeah. our show, and you said no. You they're going to lose tonight. I really thought they would. Like I just thought that it was a. A time where they were allowed to take the foot off the gas 
and we know what they do when they have that chance. They oftentimes give us got a party video going on over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, whenever they have a chance to kind of let them their foot off the gas and they have a little excuse to do it, they tend to love to do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be the case last night. And they come out and they play their best period of the year. The, they just kicked yeah. the crap out of the Golden Knights. I yeah, just did the not best see that goal coming. in the league this year by save percentage. Didn't see the end of the first period. No. I didn't think it was a great start. No, they. Right? I thought Vegas had the first few minutes of play. I, I, I look back, and we're going to get into more specifics here, but a general com- comment is that I thought they had they didn't have a very good start in the first. They let in the early goal in the second, and then the third had a, a bad start too. So mm-hmm. like, you end up winning 7-3, against the Stanley Cup champions on a night where, you know, three different occasions, you didn't get off to great starts. Yeah, it was that, Arizona really... too, right? Where they just like had the game won yeah. and then started the second, yeah. they kind of let a team back in. They go, oh, we got to turn it on again. But Nice they can turn it on again. Though. The moment Jake McCabe got that bounce, mm-hmm. the floodgates opened up and then it was like this moment. Yeah. Do you think it's partially, do you think it's related to the lineup? To just being different structure, guys getting more opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 you yes. do. Yes, of course. Yeah, how could uh, it not be? I, listen, I'm watching it, and I'm watching Sheldon roll four lines. Yeah, and a lot of the times you couldn't tell the drop off. There's hard forechecking, pucks to the net, goals. Yeah, from five different guys that didn't have the nameplate of. Matthews or Nylander. It was good. Yeah. No, really refreshing. I actually, I'm interested in this Bertuzzi, Domi, Nylander line. I don't know if they defend well enough to use it in playoffs, but boy, do I like it in the regular season. I I just creative, fast. I thought after the whistles, like, you know, Willie's got to get his face involved because those two other two guys are John at guys. I, I really fun line. I don't know how long it'll last, but I like it. I, we talked yesterday about how Bertuzzi hadn't really felt like he was gelling ever on this team. And for the last two games with those two guys, it does, like, not full gel, not full dippity-doo well, here, but it does feel like there has been moments where it feels like he belongs on a line finally. Until he somewhat puts a puck in the net. I mean, there's always going to be yeah. that hanging over yes. him. Like, there's not... We're never going to ever say he's he's good or he's, it's great now and it's finally there until he starts crossing the black disc over the yeah, red gotta, line. Got to push a couple into the net. He's got to he push does, a couple yeah. in the net. Uh, sorry to walk it back real quick. You had mentioned time on ice, and I'm just looking at the forwards. Marner played the most at 1911, yeah. and Reeves played the least at 1240. Wow. Everyone was between yeah, that. 12 is... Might be the most minutes he's played. Yeah, Nylander played sixteen twenty-two. Tavares fourteen thirty-eight. Matthews eighteen. And those minutes. are good numbers if you can finish a game where the guys feel good, mm-hmm. and you're not asking three or four guys to play twenty-four, twenty-five minutes. That's a great sign for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, really good all around. Um, you know, Riley coming back, we were concerned that he might come back and everyone would look to him to do the work, but, uh, I thought he looked great. He had a ton of jump. Like mm-hmm. he just looked refreshed in a positive way. Just, you know, we're talking about the minutia of this game, yeah. but just to zoom out from it, it is hard to believe how much different this team looks right now than even a week ago. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, Ottawa Senator fans probably won't like to hear this, but there is a real chance that like is that the Garrett rank line, you won't like to hear yeah, this. You won't like to hear this, <laughs> but there's a chance that Ridley Gregg being a hot shot saved the Leafs season. <laughs> I love this. It's yeah. that cross check. They're yeah. playing harder. They look different. They're getting contributions from all throughout the lineup. They had to be forced into this, but they are a completely different looking team than they have been before this. And it's just, what is the flashpoint moment that changed everything? It's, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I get what? what you're saying. I'm just saying that it's way too early to, and you, you tell me what that means for you moving forward here, that they go yeah. on a tear the next 26 games. This, I wrote about this. This goes to a second means. round, a conference final. Like, tell, tell, tell me what this means to you, that moment that you just spoke of into success moving forward. That, you know, it's a team sport and there are certain things that happen over a long season that bring guys together and galvanize a group and make people care for each other and you know, Tavares and Marner both getting sick, sick in the same game helped where they had to play Bobby McMahon more and it grew from there and all that kind of thing. But it just feels like that is a moment we'll look back on. And listen, I just, I think they feel more confident playing these other guys in bigger roles than they ever have. And it's changed Keith's outlook. Well, listen, here, the biggest here, complaint we had for yeah the whole year, they're playing the top guys too much. And finally they start to do it and they start to play well. It just, it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. No, we, we have complained, not complained, but notice that there's team A and there's team B, right? That's been like a theme for our show. I, I think the number one theme of this year. I would 100% agree. That's been our number one theme. Yeah. It's like, how do you make team B feel like a part of it? Be invested, have some equity in this whole thing. And they have a moment where the team all agrees that they, you know, Riley stands up for them. They need to rise up together. All of a sudden, team B gets some minutes. You know, Marner and Tavares are out, so all of a sudden you're playing McMahon, you're playing Reeves, you're playing Holmberg. Yeah. Team B has had their stock elevated. They have been more a part yeah. of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, Austin, yeah, Math- I, I, Austin Matthews having 10 goals I, I, in the last five I, games I, and Marner having... I do get what you're saying, and I'm okay with it, but it kind of shake my head a little bit mm. because... This is the way it should have been in September to October to November. Right, okay, you're, you're okay, telling but it me, wasn't like you're, that. You're so, telling me that Sheldon and Brad and Brendan, they needed a five-game suspension from their best defenseman and the flu Yes, to I'm telling find you out how to put a, a contributing team of 20 guys together. That's what you're telling me. I'm telling you exactly that. <laughs> I, I said it last night on Leafs Talk. That okay. If, yeah. there, if there's one thing you're going to complain about, it's why did it take this long? Yes. <laughs> the, like the process versus yes. results. Yes. The process yes. versus result conversation here yeah. is a very fair what, one. What took so long? And yeah. why did it take your captain barbecuing a guy in the face of the stick to your make your... Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> a captain. And a, that's a Freudian slip there. But yeah. uh, a guy that should be the captain hammers a guy into the boards, and why does it take that to change your whole outlook? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, be happy it's arrived. If, if in fact, it has arrived to stay, um, and that might be debatable from here on end, is what kind of look do the Leafs get off of this six-game 
winning streak and can it be sustained and is it in them and who can continue to rise to the next level? A ton of questions, but for now, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on his thoughts last night in Las Vegas. Well, we got we got through the first uh, few minutes where you know they were really uh, coming at us there, but um, <clears throat> I thought once we really sort of adjusted to the game, you know, it's it's a good team over there, quite obviously, and and they play at a high level, they compete at a high level, so it demands demands more uh, of the group. And we talked about that coming into the game. It's one thing to talk about. It's something to get on the ice and kind of feel your way through that. So I thought once we adjusted to that. Uh, we really started to come with that. We started to skate really well, and uh, this team, probably more so than any in the league, makes it hard to get to their net. Uh, so we we had to really be committed, you know, to getting to that space. And I thought we did a really good job of it. Every single line did a really good job. Our defense contributed, uh, just getting to the net and stressing their goaltender. So that allowed us to really get going in the game. I mean, same. Uh... Same sort of song and dance from him that we have to say, right? I mean, it's it took him a little while to get going, but looked really good. We've got him on a number of things, contributions from the depth and Morgan Riley, which I want to hear both of those. Is there a direction you want to go next? No, I'm good. All right. Lead let, us. Yeah, let's uh, let, let's talk about contributions from the depth, and we can do even Domi after that. Let's start with clip two, though. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, felt like our our depth could be a real factor here today. Obviously, they're shorthanded uh, up front, missing four forwards, so that's that takes a significant uh, chunk out of their out of their depth. So you had a pretty good feeling that if our guys could get going, they'd have a, a good chance to make a real impact uh, in the game here tonight. Uh, and that's how it's worked out. But obviously, you know, for a game like this against a team like that to to have those guys contributing uh, on different lines uh, and have our, you know, the camp line have the type of night that they did, uh, really, really good for our team. Yeah, and I and I really feel like, I don't know how sustainable it is, Kip, for them to continue to look this way, but John Tavares playing third-line center yeah. is, it gives you a threat in the bottom six that you haven't had, and it really seems to have given some life to the guys that you're playing yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, I, and we spoke about this yesterday in our show. I think he's handled it really well, and mm-hmm. I probably would imagine that this is the first time in his life, and I'll go back to the moment that he first put on skates, yeah. that he's been dis- demoted or you know told that you no longer are considered our top centerman mm-hmm. or top two centerman at this point. And it can go two ways with him. And so far, he's been an absolute pro about it. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I can see, you can see that there's a sense of urgency in his, For sure. in his play, too. Like, he is working his ass off out there, and it's just not a given that you're going you're gonna to be rolled out in all the key situations anymore. And there's a sense of urgency in his game, which I also like. It just feels like you've been fighting it as the Toronto Maple Leafs fighting it to make it like we're paying this guy 11 million bucks. So he's at least the second line center. And we need to force this sort of square peg into the round hole. And it feels like the second they said, maybe that's just not the best fit at this point. And they were a little bit more honest with his usage. He's responded really well. And, Yeah, everything just seems to slot yeah. in a little bit better. Between Matthews and, and Tavares for three quarters of the season, it's 
Max Domi at 10 minutes, 11 minutes, mm-hmm. 9 minutes, 10 minutes. It's like, it's not, it's not going to work. You got to change something up. Yep. And so Domi plays like 15 minutes last night, gets his opportunity with Nylander and Bertuzzi. Um, two goals, five shots in that time. I mean, almost seems a little bit rejuvenated here mid-season. Uh, let's listen to Sheldon clip four on Max Domi. No, he's been great. He's been, he's been working. You know, today he scores great goals for us, but he's also, like, his, his, his checking defensively, coming back and tracking and getting back above the puck and using his speed and tenacity to close uh, and kill plays uh, defensively, I, I think is, has been tremendous, and that's what's going to allow him to continue to play a role in a situation like that. Where when he's skating and competing at that level, he can play against anybody in the league, and, and we've seen that what he can contribute offensively, whether it's scoring like he has tonight or, or making plays and, and uh, facilitating for others. And that, I think, was also a big concern over the season was um, defensively for, for Max. Yeah. And yeah. if he can keep it simple and make the high percentage plays, right? Yeah. Well, then, yeah, the high percentage plays is good. I'd like to see him doing that. Yeah. What worries me is that defensive stuff when you get in the playoffs against a good team. Because like you, it's always, okay, how does this translate to a first-round series against the Bruins and Charlie yeah. Coyle, who's their second-line center or whatever, you know? And it's it's a bigger ask for sure. He scored a gorgeous goal last night. Charlie Coyle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean. Backhand talk, beautiful. Good player, big guy. Yeah. You know, and so you're trying to picture how that, that works. But either way, Can good, I, good, uh, good sign. Yeah. Domi's speed is something that I feel like is an under talked or underappreciated is maybe the wrong word, but under talked about thing with this team because I feel like it's a pretty slow team in general. Like Not when you it doesn't team. feel like they are, you know, a bunch of burners. But it was nice to see him show off that speed when I don't know what happened at the blue line. But both guys were like, I forgot what to do with the puck. Yeah, it's it was a lazy a, fly ball. It, you got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. You got it. it I got it. it. Dropped, Nobody's it hit, got it. Hit it hit the grass yeah. and and Domi took advantage, made a nice finish. But you really got to see his speed there. It's a, it's a nice thing for and them to nice have. a nice finish. Really nice thing. I will say, though, the first one, it does speak to, like, I still feel like he has a lack of offensive confidence, like that he catches that one and he holds it for yeah. so long and he bangs it into the goalie. He gets it back and he's trying to pass that to Bertuzzi, right? He's trying mm-hmm. to – so, like, he ends up getting a bounce and getting, okay, I got one and feeling good. I think it's great that he went out and scored again after that because he even said after the game, like, you know, I, I think he said something like, I could have one time that one, you know, give myself yeah. a better chance at it. You know, so, he say froze, he says, you know, or something. Oh, his controller so, froze, yeah. So there's something, we also have a Domi clip, a surprise clip. Oh. I didn't put this one, I just saw it right before we were coming on air, so I got it. But he got asked after the game about what he thought of Matthew's Selkie candidacy, mm-hmm. and I thought you guys would really like the answer that he gave. If you want to play that clip, Derek. Let's do it. He deserves to be in the Selkie conversation as well. Do, do you agree with that? What do you see? We do not care about those kind of awards. It's irrelevant. We're worried about one thing, one thing only, so we'll focus on that. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just looking right now. Um, great answer. It right? is. Yeah, it's, great it's, answer. Yeah, I feel like that's not an answer that has been given on this team a lot. feels like a lot of people would just kind of wax poetic about it. And I've Have you ever... Heard a guy say that? <laughs> yeah. I'm scrambling to find the article it's in, but Jake McCabe was not asked about uh, Matthews in his Selkie, but he's asked about Matthews, and he said, I think he deserves to be talked about in the Selkie conversation. He basically said the opposite. 
unprompted oh, he, went on to talk went, about Matthews as how why oh, he should okay. be in the Selkie conversation. Well, it might be Luke Fox's article in Sports Central. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, well, I just thought that was an interesting answer, kind of off off uh, brand for them to right. say that. But anyways, that's good. Listen, uh, it's a team answer. Be, you got twenty two guys on the roster. There's a very good chance you're going to get <laughs> twenty two different opinions sometimes. But yeah. I, I think Max Max's comment is is a nice reminder to the players as well mm-hmm. that. We're all failures if we're out in the first or go yeah, away quietly in the second round the again. Rock at the Ted Lindsay and the yeah. Selkie. And, and no, one's the gonna, round. no one's going to give a crap. McCabe said he should be in the Selkie conversation too, frankly. I mean, the guy's stick is unbelievable. He's super responsive. Anyway, it's a whole. It's it's the one they were trying to get. Don't oh, so, he, so basically McCabe said it. Yeah. And then Luke's like, that's a good angle. I'm going to go ask Max about it. <laughs> and then got an even better answer. <laughs> Luke Fox, what a reporter. He's the what guy. a reporter. So, I mean, there's a lot of different places you want to go. You want to do Morgan Riley before we take a, a, a just a, a blanket feel of, of this lineup moving forward? Do you want to hear Bruce Cassidy call the Leafs men against boys? Yes. Yeah. Let's do the Bruce Cassidy clip. It looked like men against boys there for a stretch of about 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, whatever it was. And, and then certainly tried to battle back, but we didn't execute well enough to do that. Not often you get the Leafs called that yeah. against the that's top why contender. It, that's why I put it in there. Yeah. I think that's the first time ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I don't think they're they're exactly he's happy with the, the stretch. I think they've lost four out of five now. Yeah, four, yeah. four in a row at home. Four in a row at home. And which the, is team, the game they won, they beat San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're, they're struggling. I think that's a comment that he wants to send a bigger message over the course of probably week and a half, mm-hmm. two weeks. Were you saying you want to do more uh, Morgan Riley? You okay? Like he, it's nice that he doesn't have to feel like he he uh, disrupted uh, a good thing going for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's also that 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 feel that they had to keep Brody on the left side, so they mm-hmm. put him with uh, uh, who's he with last Lagesson. night? Lagason last night, mm-hmm. which. At the end of the day, you don't really think that's a, a pair you're going to start in the first round of the playoffs. But no. it's kind of interesting that your best defenseman would have a feel of uh, a third-pairing guy. He played three minutes less than Timothy Lilligren last night. Riley played like 18.30 to yeah. Lilligren's 21.30. Yeah, but Lilligren's skating right now, and he's feeling it. Yeah. And Sheldon wants to roll with him a little bit here. Uh, you know, that was part of my article today. When you're looking for things out of this break, that like, what can you take into the playoffs I can see this version of Lilligren in playoffs. I can see him where he's, you know, defending Cooley off the rush in Arizona, a guy who skates really well, you know, going back on pucks and skating it out of the end. He looks like a guy they could play. They haven't played him in playoffs much at all. Yeah. I think maybe Lilligren playing that much. How much did Brody play? 20. I think. Um, Well, 22. He's had a huge turnaround here. I think the coach loves playing him on the left side. Yeah. And he seems to be the most trusted guy. He's something like plus four. 14 in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, seven or games, something. one goal against 14-4. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's, uh, no wonder he's playing him so much. Yeah. That's huge for them. I mean, getting him into a better place. So, And that was part of the article, too. I can see now, okay, you add Chris Tanev, and you do Riley Tanev. Yes. You know, Brody Lilligren, McKay Benoit. You Pretty good. I mean. Absolutely need a right-handed 
top four guy for Morgan Riley. Like, I think it's you need a must. specifically. Is there I can't any see out there? anyone who is like him, who's available, who kills penalties. Oh, little 680 <laughs> news traffic. <laughs> you want me to do a helicopter sound? <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking, like, end of game, you're up a goal, you're trying to protect a lead. Luke Shen had been out there last year in those moments. Brody had been reliable. Yeah. Like, you don't really have a ton yeah. of those guys. Someone like Tanev who's blocking shots. God, it would make you feel good in those moments, wouldn't it? Yeah. You, you add Tanev to the way this team's playing right now, and it's a long time before the playoffs here. So that has to be said that, yeah. you know, there's an argument to be made about peaking at the wrong time and getting hot at the wrong time. But as presently constituted, you, just, add, you add Tanev to this. It just doesn't sound like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. What? Yeah. No. Don't uh, I, someone told me the other day, Leafs are on the outside looking in on, on Tanev. They're, they're, not, they're not close with the contenders right now. So Unwilling the, to part with the first? I hope that's not the case. I don't know whether it's that or not. And I don't know. No one's told me specifically. I've got, I've got no basis other than a feel that Calgary may be still a little touchy on tree, tree, mm. red tree living. <gasps> oh, oh my. Yeah, and okay. Zadorov was a guy that was talked about a lot. There I was. Tell you, I'm glad that didn't work. There was a sense that. Uh, Calgary was a lot happier to deal with Vancouver than they would have uh, yeah. back with uh, Toronto when that deal went down. Mm-hmm. So they can, I, they'll never say it, but they, I'm sure they feel you it. You okay giving up a first for Chris Tanev? I am. My answer is different than a week ago. Well, I will say, assuming he, he'd resign here, which, you know, he lives nearby. He, you know, Toronto guy. I think that would be a, a given. Yeah. That would be a given that you have to get him down on a three or four year deal. Yeah. And I think for a first, that that works for me. Because the first isn't, you know, 10th or even 20th. It might be 25th or something, you know. Is that enough right now when you think about this Leaf D, Kristanov? It's enough barring everyone playing well and staying healthy. <laughs> it, it, you know, the no, second you need no, one, no, well, no, that's, no. that has Jordan on the If they win the, the Stanley Cup, yes, it will be enough. No, but I'm saying if they have an injury, it's Jordano in, right? You know, or Benoit yeah. and whatever. But so you're still okay, but. Geo can still be there as a depth guy. Absolutely. But they get slower with Geo on that blue line. Yeah, but significantly. Him is, might be, you know, not as slow, right? Like he played, what, 80 games last yeah. year? I don't know. And played a lot of minutes. I, yes, and ran out of gas yeah. quickly. Yeah. That's, I think, what you, your ideal scenario for him is a guy that you can mix in for a game or two in the playoffs sort of thing. Yeah, Jordano in the game, you feel fine about it. Yeah, I think Tanev and then one more sort of depth type guy. Uh, The other thing I want, though, is a guy that kind of takes Domi out of that 2C spot, which is okay. (laughs) No, I I, I, want to save that for because that's the big picture right now. But before that, why don't we go to Sheldon Keefe and just talk and and hear him on – his description of where the team is uh, compared to uh, the rest of the season so far. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, um, 
Yeah, especially with the consistency, right? We've been talking about consistency being the difference. We've played good hockey as, uh, over over the course of the season, you know, but but we haven't put together a stretch like this. So that's what's been been tremendous. Obviously, the response of uh, you know losing Morgan as we did, and then you know the the illness and injuries and things that we've been dealing with. Um, the guys haven't been phased. They've just been growing their game. Uh, one one game at a time, like tonight's game, we felt was going to require more than what we what we've been doing in, in previous games. We had to be even better, and I thought that we were. So that was great. There you go. Good vibes all around. Have they been as good earlier in the year as they are now? No, no, no because I don't see that. No, they may have won. They've won a lot of games just on their skill and talent, and you know they've think back to some of those games that came back in the last minute and got well, it to overtime, but this is the best day of the look. I mean, Kip has beaten up the story for a while that they didn't win in regulation. They yeah. won five of their last six yeah. in regulation yeah. and yeah. running away with it. Keith complained for a while. They couldn't pull away from a game. Yeah. They've won by, was it four last night, three the other night? Like they're mm-hmm. handling seven, their business. Seven against the Ducks. Plus 20 uh, goal differential in the last six games. So we got Joshua Cloak uh, in a few minutes here, and he's going to talk about uh, – the Leafs' approach to the trade deadline and how significant has it changed over the course of maybe six games. So I will go back to you before I rudely interrupted you on Max Domi in the second spot, uh, the third line now that looks like Tavares, McMahon, and Robertson, and Camp, and Holmberg. And where is this lineup for you playing like they did last night going into a, a first or second round with the potential of p- facing a Florida Panther team. Yeah, if you check my, uh, or sportsnet.ca, my article is up now <clears throat> where I talk about some potential lines. Tavares playing 3C to me. If you, Yarncroc will be back. So if you did McMahon, Tavares, Yarncroc, don't you like that? Doesn't that sound like a good third line? I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. like I'm that's okay a pretty good group that's to a, me. That's a checking line. Uh, you know, can... Can they get their noses dirty every once in a while? Because that is a big thing in the playoffs is your third line has to have a little bit of that snot. Mm -hmm. So I think they've got 25 games to prove that they can take that kind of edge to another level. But I I don't mind it for now based on Bobby McMahon's confidence and size, skating. Yeah, he can lean on people. He can, but let's say it were like even Nye's Tavares Yarncroc and it weren't like a super heavy checking line or something and you did McMahon, Camp, Holmberg as a fourth line. That line could lean on someone. But to me, all that is dependent on kind of getting Domi out of that 2C spot. Like if you got Adam Henry, if you traded for him. Yeah. You know, you do. uh, Another first rounder. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll worry about the prices uh, a little bit later. But, you know, when you had Domi, Matthews, Marner, Bertuzzi, Henrik, Nylander. Like, Bertuzzi, Henrik, Nylander, to me, I really like. And that changes all of a sudden. You puts guys in a good third-line position. It's one trade away, and I know it's costly, but... It is. Fraser Minton, a first, you know, mm. Butana, Van Henrik. Yes. For me, Domi, I just, I worry about him in that as, as a center in the playoff. Yeah, I, I think... It's going to uh, be a first-round pick for Adam Henrik Kipper. <clears throat> buddy. Buddy. Sean Monahan. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's all you need to know. There is the market. Yeah, Seems Adam like Henrique is considered better and more valuable. 
well, than Sean Monahan. If I'm looking at the least pick situation, and if it's going to be you're going to trade two first round picks and it's going to be Tanev and Adam Henrique on your team, I think you'd probably want bigger upgrades than that, to be honest with you. But that's, I guess, the price of doing business around this time of year. But it's uh, and, a definitely a scary and, outlook. Henrique is going to be a rental, guys. And Absolutely. he kills penalties. The Leafs are 22nd in uh, penalty killing. So is Tanev. Like, it's, it improves your team in yes. areas you need help. It's mm. not just a luxury item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, he's straight rental. Like, you're not he is. retaining him. Um, have I told you I, I'm, I think Holmberg is a pretty good player? Did I ever mention that to you guys? <laughs> That's come up, yeah. I remember, like, you know, I I'm do. like, why wouldn't a team just sign this guy? I do remember that. He sure yeah. shot it right into the net last night. That was nice. That, oh. was, that, was, a, that was a goal scorer's goal. Like him he and dropped Matthews his shoulders. Have a little chemistry too. A little, yeah, uh, the big yeah. guys like him. They do. You can tell. They pass to him. Did you ever, like, Marner's comments about yeah. him? He's the, he, like, they love him. Yeah. And they absolutely, okay, for all they're overpriced, people think that, you know, the guys make too much money. They hogged all the money. They absolutely stole this guy at the, at the this summer at 800, 800 for two years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like crazy. Yeah. When he said that when he got beat out by Fraser Minton in camp, but uh, that's, God, that's just, tough to look back uh, at. <laughs> guys, he didn't. That never happened. It's just, <laughs> it's just whatever they said. They wanted. It's Minton. just whatever yeah. narrative they put out. Why yeah. do you think the Minton thing happened? Looking back at it, do you think it was for World Juniors? Do you think it was for trade value? Do yes. you think it was for experience? Yes, 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 yes. Think, yes. Oh, all, of all, all of that. All of it. Yes. And listen, none of the, it was this guy listen, helps us win. The, the guy than... did show well. He did. He agreed and I him. think it, it, it's not a stretch to say we're going to reward him or we're going to show other people that you can do this too. Like it was. I'm okay with that that narrative, that storyline, but Holmberg to me should have been a guy that would have left you an easy decision to not pay Camp two point four. That guy should be right there on that fourth hole minimum with the ability to move up. They should have groomed him. What like Camp walk? Absolutely. What Camp have last year? Fifteen goals, best penalty care. killer in the I, team. I, I like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not paying Camp two point five million dollars. I'm sorry. I would love the two point five right now yeah. to go get some help, and Holmberg would have been right there. But it's water I think, under the I bridge. think it's a better conversation about you know why are we giving David Camp a pass for just fallen off this year. Yeah. He has not been half as effective. Best game of the year last year, yeah. uh, last night. It was awesome last yeah. night, but that's he, when you see him play well, it's like, Oh, right. Like, but that's really nice. Uh, eventually like he, there's not, is you're, you're going to, you're going to trade for some guys. You're going to have to move some of these guys out. They're all not going to 2.4. Was there. it 2.4 for four years? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was almost $10 million. Yeah. I would have gone Holmberg say, Hey, listen, Kemp, great. Thanks for coming by, but we're not we're not committing ten million dollars to you. Thanks for coming by. I uh, I think you're right. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, let's hit a break. All right. Oh, geez, yeah, we're late. Yeah, we gotta go. Leafs start winning, eh? And the just just time flies. All right. Uh, Joshua Cloak, as we said, will come back uh, after the break. He's going to tell us what changed in the last six games to now push the Leafs towards the trade deadline. That more when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne. 
Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without hesitation, let's throw it to Denver, Colorado. Joshua Cloak, Leaf writer for The Athletic, joins us from a sunny patio, maybe? (laughs) Definitely, maybe. We're at Cerebral Brewing (laughs) here in in Denver. Uh, Mm. When the Leafs get a day off, so do we. but I would interrupt all of it to join you too. Oh no, that's awesome! Thanks, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, when the Leafs win, it just makes your job that much easier, doesn't it? It, it does. It's 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 the simple things, you know. I, I was having a conversation with one of the veterans on the team um, just about where they were at going into the game in Arizona, and asking him about you know the day off that they had at Austin Matthews' house. Um, and it was the it was the most relaxed I'd seen that team in in months. And I just kind of asked him why, and he just said it's it's incredible what a little bit of vitamin D will do to you. And that has just kind of permeated, you know, throughout the team uh, over the last few days. They just the Leafs are, are, are it's never not tense around the Maple Leafs, uh, but this week in particular, they just they sound, they look, they feel so much more relaxed um and i think we can see that in the way they're playing right yeah i mean vitamin d helps winning goes a long way too who do you think is feeling the most relief uh with a little bit of success here oh unquestionably sheldon keith right now yeah right like how 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 long ago were people calling for his head i mean people always call for for people's heads on twitter but um you know, it wasn't that long ago that, that people were wondering if a coaching change was going to be necessary. People were wondering if, if Sheldon Keefe was the right person to kind of lead this this team forward. Um, but what's interesting here is how much kind of goodwill Sheldon Keefe has bought within the team over the last week. As of a few weeks ago, as of probably about two weeks ago, they were scheduled to practice during their day off in Arizona. And Keith called an audible and, and gave, you know, the team the day off so they could all go to Austin Matthews pad. My understanding is Shane Doan had all the coaches over at his place in Arizona. These are intangible things, but these kind of team building things go a long way with the team to say, okay, the coach trusts us to give us a day off. Um, we've got to hold up our end of the bargain. So I think Sheldon Keith is feeling really good. And, and it's interesting too, when you look at last night's game, you have Morgan Riley coming back, and that was a big question going into the game, is Sheldon Keith going to mess with, you know, the two pairs, Simone Benoit, Jake McCabe, uh, Timothy Lilligren, and TJ Brody. These are pairs that worked really well. Is he going to mess with them? Because we know Sheldon Keith in the past has, has liked to tinker. He's liked to move things around. He kept it really simple. He kept Morgan Riley out with, with William Loggison. And he kept those pairs together, and the Leafs had one of their best games of the season. So I think you're seeing a far more relaxed Sheldon Keefe right now. And, and yeah, so to answer your question, he's he's the one feeling the least amount of heat right now. We're talking to Joshua Cloak, Leaf writer for The Athletic. Uh, in your latest article, Josh, you spoke of the Leafs playing their best hockey this season, and you also left it out there. Will it affect their, apo- their approach 
to the trade deadline. So will it? If you had asked me that a week ago, I would have said, I, I think they just hold and try and maybe build around the periphery and, and add, you know, the, that maybe like a sixth defenseman, that type of player, and that's it. Because if you looked at that roster and you looked at the way that they were playing, you would have said, I don't know if I'm seeing a group here that I would go all in on the way that, you know, Kyle Dubas went all in on the team in, in 21 and 23. But then you look at the way that Austin Matthews is playing. You look at the depth scoring that they've gotten over the last few games and you start to say, well, if they're starting to put it together, maybe we owe it to this core. And by we, I mean Leafs management. Maybe they owe it to this core to say, we're only going to get so many years where a player is scoring, you know, 70 plus goals in a year. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we double down on that? Um, I don't think they're inclined, as my understanding is that they, they're not inclined to move Easton Cowan or Fraser Minton. You know, they're two best prospects right now. The first round pick, my understanding, is probably only going to be in play if it's not for a rental. So maybe you look at this team a little bit differently and say if, if they're figuring it out and if they're playing to their potential, perhaps we owe it to them because you could argue through, you know, December and January, they, they were not playing to their potential. Look, you've been around that team for some years now. And, you know, when different guys come in, it changes the vibe, the different personalities, right? Joe Thornton and been there and Marlowe has been there and, you know, Spezza, you know, big, big personalities at times. How does this year's team feel different from previous versions? What sort of personalities are at play there that maybe make this team unique to previous runs they've been on? It just feels a lot more business-like. You know, they always kind of added those pieces you mentioned, Thornton, Marlowe, I put Wayne Simmons in there, yep. uh, Felino as, as pieces that they they brought in to kind of boost the, the morale of the group and, and add that kind of leadership piece that I think that they were missing. I think they look at this group now and say, this this team is not young anymore, right? They're they're all kind of leaders in their own right. I, again, I, I brought it up before, but I think it's it's really interesting. I, I think Austin Matthews is is looking, sounding, and acting like a leader in a way that he hasn't in years past. It's simple things like saying, I'm going to have everyone over to my house um, in Arizona for an entire day, day and a half, um, because this I, I feel that confident kind of being the, the face of this team. Um, so I, I just don't think they feel the need to, to, to supplement with that type of player anymore. One player that I've been talking to a lot and who sounds and again looks and feels more comfortable than he has when he was acquired is Jake McCabe. Mm-hmm. Right when he was acquired, I think they looked at him and said he can be that Jake Muzzin type, that grizzled veteran. But it never really clicked last season. He was playing his first playoff games. Jake McCabe is playing his best hockey as a Leaf right now, and he's far more comfortable standing in front of the cameras, which is not an easy thing to do in Toronto. Um, but he is—he seems a lot more comfortable being a voice within this team and it's a gruff hardened voice but you know when you look at last night their best game of the season one of their best games of the season jake mccabe is the one coming out and saying when we're all playing confident when we're all feeling it we're a scary team and that's what's been missing so far this this season is as well as they've played they haven't yet had someone come out and kind of put the stamp on things and saying we're a good team we deserve to be thought of as a good team and that's what I took away from Jake McCabe, again, coming out and, and just kind of fortifying that confidence around this team right now. 
I don't know if it's been lost in all of this, but just the fact that, uh, you know, Mitch Marner is also playing the best hockey, I think, of his career. And we uh, we know he's on a multiple assists uh, run of six straight games. Uh, only longer streak uh, in NHL history is eight by Wayne Gretzky. Like, that's that's just phenomenal numbers. But it's just these subtle little plays he makes, even in his, in his own zone to to send them off and running uh, on on goals. Uh, I mean, the leadership group is is at their all-time high right now. But isn't, and, and this is my, just my theory, you guys can choose to disagree, but isn't it a little bit better when Mitch Marner isn't the focal point of the conversation? Because I find when Mitch Marner spends a little too much time in front of the cameras and he says things about how, you know, we don't look at social media but we know the entire world is against us. Like that's when you feel like the world is kind of crowding in on Mitch Marner. Um, And that's when he doesn't play his best. Like he's at his best when the weight of the world isn't on his shoulders. And we haven't spoken as much to to Mitch. And like you said, like we're not talking about him as much. I don't think that's the worst thing. Let him play, let him do what he does best, which is, you know, kind of create magic in the offensive zone. So you're right. We haven't been talking about the fact that you know, game after game, he's, he's putting up multi-point performances. But if we're not talking about it and as those performances keep come keep coming, I think that's going to suit Sheldon Keith and the Leafs management. And to be frank, Mitch Barner, I think that's going to suit him fine. For sure. And, uh, and last one for me, just your thoughts on Tavares playing third line and, and the second power play unit, you know, what that can do for a guy like Bertuzzi and how I would say Tavares has handled it pretty well. Yeah, I think that move is a little less about demoting uh, John Tavares and more about promoting Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm. Like, he's still not where he needs to be. And and we're not talking about it as much because they're winning hockey games. Um, But if the Leafs are going to do anything in the playoffs, they need the kind of secondary scoring that they got yesterday. And (sighs) Tyler Bertuzzi's season to this point in Toronto has been a you know something of a disappointment just because of the production. So Sheldon keeps a smart guy. He knows that you know the, the the best way to get that production is to build the player up. He's he's hardly been as critical of him as he has of, of other players. And I think that's because he's learned with Tyler Bertuzzi. He's the type that that needs to be built up, needs a bit of the arm around the shoulder, needs to be given that those opportunities because the chances have, have come. Uh, the conversion rate just hasn't been there. So I, I don't look at it as you know, John Tavares is falling off. I think it's just a matter of doing everything possible to put Tyler Bertuzzi in the right situations. And look, if you Sheldon Keefe, you feel good about that because he did something similar with, with Max Domi. And Max Domi has his first multi-goal game last night. And, and Max Domi is playing with the kind of snarl that, you know, we all thought he would show from game one. So I think, you know, Sheldon Keefe has learned enough about his players to, to know which players need an arm around the shoulder, which ones need a, a kick in the behind. Um, you know, I would put Timothy Lilleran in that group as well. Like, he's, he was, he's flourished without Morgan Riley. Um, so kudos to Keith, and, and I, I think we're going to see Bertuzzi in that role a little bit more until his, his game really takes off the way that, that everybody hopes it will. Josh, go and enjoy your, your patio. And, and for the record, um, were, you, were you, for those of you that uh, aren't watching us on TV, we've got him on Zoom. Are you, have you been holding up your, your camera, your phone by hand this whole time? 
Like, how have I been doing? Like, great. Right. Very like, impressive. Like, like you haven't had one beer. That's how <laughs> well, you're doing. The truth is, yeah, it's, I'm holding it with my right arm, and, and now, you know, it's, it's going to be useless afterwards. It's going to be all, all left-hand uh, with the beer. Great now. job. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day off. Thanks, boys. All Thanks, right. man. Enjoy. Joshua Cloak from The Athletic. Is that not the best part about being a hockey? Well, I should say that. Oh, my God. One of the better parts about being a hockey player. How does that happen all I don't the know, time? It scares me every time. Uh, just like going to a city that's warm, you know, and being like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, like getting to go somewhere. Oh, what a delight. Denver, hit the, Arizona, hit, hit the hills. Vegas. Hit the hills. Oh, do you can play golf and, and ski. Same day in Denver. Oh, that would be really cool. That's a bucket list. I don't think you can on an NHL contract. I don't think that's (laughs) It is 12 degrees and sunny in Denver right now. Beautiful. I might be that here, to be honest. Although it's supposed to be like minus 10 by later. I I saw somebody tweet, how am I supposed to dress for a day that's 8 degrees and then minus 20 at night? That's a tough one in Toronto today. Tough swing. Yeah. You could ski in Collingwood and golf right now in Ontario, Southern Rosedale? Ontario, the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure the super at, at Rosedale would like you hack it on the fairway right Lake now. Thank you. Yeah, well, no, uh, not yet. I don't have enough sway there. Sammy, you got the, you've been sporting the Blue Jay hat. Yeah. Hey. Look at this, brand new. What, what do you think? This bucket. I just think. And You're hope, excited. Hope, hope springs eternal, buddy. And it's the oh, sun's out. They time. play their first spring game tomorrow that you can hear right here on Sports 590 The Fan. And uh, get excited, folks. We're back. So is that an official hat that they'll be wearing this no. year? No. Oh, no. Yes, no, it's sir. just a hat. All right. It's a hat with their logo. You like uh-huh. it? No. no. I do. Oh, okay. I'm okay yeah. with it. Good. Tim has 5,000 hats. Yeah, I do. going to divorce with 5,000 <laughs> oh, hats. Only 200. Our thanks to Joshua Cloak. Um, and coming up next, yes, Off the Rails Friday, led by none other than Doug McLean. So he missed last week. I can't wait to see what is up next. When we return, Doug McLean.